privilege? Quick point um, of personal privilege? Yes. To be honest, I, I don't know most of these guys. This is Armstrong and Getty. Bring their cool, very fine people on both sides. Because on the counter, you want to know why? It is what it is. We've made it possible. With ridiculous bull****. But hey, hey, man. Right, I'm sure there's lots of ways that we can communicate. And then I was like, yay! Take a deep breath. Whoa! All right, go. Go. I'm sorry. Here's Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere podcasts are given away because we're stupid. So I mentioned during the fabulous Armstrong and Getty Show that it's the 60 year anniversary of maybe my favorite album of all time. And I hesitate to bring this up because I uh I it 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 it, it is so important to my 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 mind, my soul that I feel like it cheapens it to even mention it. I've talked about it many times over the years, but yes. Well, and just to make everybody who spends a lot of time online comfortable, as soon as you tell us what it is, I'll say that album sucks. Right. Okay. Worst album ever. Because so if you have somebody yeah. expressing yeah. a great love for something really needs to hear your contrary opinion. Well, I'm only saying it to you if you've never listened to it to give it a listen. <clears throat> the first album the Monkees did. So good. Oh, and innovative. <laughs> and innovative. <laughs> No, it's the 60th year yeah. anniversary of Kind of Blue, the greatest selling jazz album of all time. And if you're a jazz fan, I know you roll your eyes and throw up in your mouth when I say that. Because it's like somebody saying Stairway Swallow to... it, choke it down. It's like somebody saying Stairway to Heaven's their favorite Led Zeppelin song, and right. you're a Zeppelin fan or something Trey Obbs. Like exactly. It's the greatest selling jazz album of all time. What was it called? Kind of Blue. Kind of and blue. yeah, it's for people who haven't heard of it. And right. I didn't get into it. Well, this is one of the reasons I know it's important. So I started reading, when I came across the fact that it was uh, released 60 years ago, this week in 1959, I just got this rush of feeling that you get when you when you start thinking about some of your favorite art, right? Which is very rare. I mean, there's a lot of music I like, or paintings I like, or movies I like, but there's just a few out there that are just like, you know, really mean something to you. Yeah. Very few. Right. Most art is over, most art is just entertainment. It's not art. Right. It's just entertainment. And that's fine. Which is fine. Absolutely perfectly fine. But it's not at the level of art like it actually has, you know, some emotional imprint on you that's very deep and whatever. So anyway, the 60-year-old album, I was reading a little bit from this book that was written about it. And the guy who wrote the book said he can remember the first time he heard it. And he said, there aren't many albums like that. And I thought, I can remember the first time I heard it. Easily remember the first time. I I was on my birthday. I bought it in Santa Cruz, California. At a, a music store, I thought, you know, I should get into jazz. And I asked somebody, what jazz album I should give you? You don't not just buy Kind of Blue, because it's the greatest selling jazz album of all time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Miles Davis, Bill Evans, John Coltrane, and some other people wow. that aren't as famous. And they got together for a cup of coffee this one time. They did a couple of takes, because he was paying them scale. They got $58 for the recording session. Wow. And uh, they went into the, the room, and they, they didn't have anything sketched out. They improv the whole thing. They did each each song twice. It's four song, five songs on an album. But anyway, the it just, artist on the best-selling jazz album of all time got fifty-eight bucks yeah, to My, do it. Miles Davis got royalties, so I think he did gotcha. pretty well because it sold seven million copies or yeah. something. But but it, as the author of the book about it said, it gets into your into your skin. It gets into your brain. You can't stop thinking about it. It creates a mood that you can never shake. Wow! And when I turned on just the first two notes of it, it's just like whoa! It just takes me over. You know, and I don't have any other experiences like that. I'm ashamed to say this. I've never listened to the whole thing. You know why? 
Because that album sucks. Because it sucks. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing about that kind of music or, you know, art, any kind of art. It's not something you can throw on and it's like you get to the hook and you're tapping your foot. It's not like that right. at all. Yeah. You got to be patient and stuff like that. But I'm just, I'm mostly bringing it up because I'm amazed that stuff like that exists for me. I don't have many experiences like that. I'm not a person that goes to art galleries and, you know, rolls around in music and stuff like that. Which is just, just this one is just, oh my God. I was listening to it last night in bed while I was reading the biography, just thinking, this is amazing. I don't know what that goes on there. I don't know if anybody really knows what goes on there when it when it actually reaches the level of art and like affects you in that way. I bet neuroscience will nail down the the physical part of it at some point. They'll they'll show you what part of your brain lights up and how much. You listen to this, that, you read that, you watch that, and it's nice, it's nice and nice. Then all of a sudden, Kerblowy. And then it's like we were talking about falling in love with somebody. Yeah. And then from the artist's end of it. I guarantee you those five guys don't know why that album is the greatest selling jazz album of all time. I mean, they they played other times and they all did their own albums and right. you know, they're some of them are fairly famous, but nothing like that. There's and I'm something... sure they came out of it thinking that went pretty well. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to know that. I haven't read the book. I don't know if they walked out of it thinking, Wow, that was magical or just well, okay, I made another fifty eight bucks, now what do I gotta go to the club and play tonight? I have no idea. Right. Um yeah, well, you've mentioned that uh, the guys in uh, Leonard Skinner, they were asked, when you recorded Sweet Home Alabama, did you think it was going to be a big song? They said, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, they're in the middle of it, it was going to be gigantic. This is going to make, our, right. this is going to change our lives. Yeah. But there, <laughs> there are other stories of bands like the, the giant smash hit that everybody associates with them. They almost didn't put on the album because they weren't sure it was a strong enough song. Right. Or, I, you know, I can picture. Which would kind of disappoint you, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that make you doubt your own. Something? No, it just makes you think your fans are idiots. <laughs> right. It increases your contempt I, I, for your audience. I thought my fans were better than that. Damn it. No, I, no, no. I, um, I'm, you know, and listen, I'm a small timer, but I'm continually surprised at what people's favorite songs are from the Dead Flowers. Um, even friends of mine who I think I know their taste in music, I'm, I'm always surprised. Um, I'm picturing like Led Zeppelin speaking of a stairway to heaven. I wonder if at some point they're sitting around the studio, you know, the album's about done, and one of the guys says, hey, Jimmy, what's that finger-picky thing you do? The one where uh, you said flute noises would sound good. <laughs> you want to try that one? Flute noises. <laughs> the infamous Mellotron, a, uh, a keyboard of the early 70s. Um yeah, I wonder or if they knew this is a monster, or if they said, "Hey, what's that uh, song we used to rip off from that other band that's probably going to sue us in forty years?" Well, their estate will. We ought to try that one. Well, did my, they know? It's it's my recommendation, and it's certainly not a brilliant insight as it is. You know, all the critics have been hailing it for sixty years now. Well. But um, uh, you know, get a glass of wine, or if you smoke dope or whatever, put it on. Give yourself the full forty-five minutes to take it in. Mm. So I, I noticed there, distractions. there were a couple versions of it. So the, the five song, 45 yeah, the, the original versions that's of the this. One. Okay. Yeah, because they got the other outtakes and stuff. Like, but what's, what's the point? Yeah, there's what? one here that's a legacy edition. It's yeah, got yeah, so many that. tracks. Yeah. Right? You don't think so? No, no, definitely not. Why do you want the multiple tracks of the greatest selling album of all time? I don't. Oh, just as curiosity as a musician. No, when you're taking it in as your first. Well, oh, eventually, oh, oh, when you oh, get there. Oh, oh, yeah. But I see when you're just taking in the art, taking the album as it is. Because I've done that before with albums, and it's like. It no. just gets too mucked up with right. all the other no, crap. No. Yeah. Right. Eventually, it's cool to see, oh, you almost did it this way. Or right. You blah, yeah. blah, blah. No, I, I totally hear you. Yeah, five songs, 45 minutes. And uh, they, they, they sketched out, like, 
Okay, this song's going to be two chords. We're going to go back and forth between C minor and A minor. That's all I'm telling you. Start. And that's, that's the way wow. to do it. Four. Man. Yeah, I've heard bands do that, and it's sh- <laughs> well, so. they're not Miles Davis, John Coltrane, and Bill Evans. No, they are not. No, just for, just talking about not. it gives me a feeling. Wow. I don't. I, I need to delve into this more because art doesn't affect me like this. Mm. But that one does. I don't know who you'd ask: a neuroscientist, a philosopher, a, an artist. I mean, I realize some of you get that way over for every Dave Matthews album or whatever, and good <laughs> for you. That's fantastic. I'm not criticizing that. It's just. Every Taylor Swift song. Oh, <laughs> right. Now you're getting hurtful. Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Anyway. Miley Cyrus. Weren't you going to put a filter in your news feed? So- yes. I want a filter on my phone that keeps me from seeing any Miley Cyrus news. I need a filter on my cigarette. That's what Miley says. Yeah. Hilarious. We need- I'll come to you in your dreams. I'll find a way. need a filter on my phone for a lot of different celebrities that is Joe's standard for everything. Unless you shoot the president or cure cancer. I don't want that story to reach me. The fact that you got a divorce or a new tattoo. Or went all us in Manhattan. <laughs> You can't ignore me, Jack. I'm everywhere. (laughs) You need me. If you like Kind of Blue, make sure you check out Rhythm and Youth by Men Without Hats. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. So here's the topic I will never, ever get tired of, and that is... Human-animal hybrids. Oh, there you go. Chimera is the Greek term, I think. And the term used in this Gizmodo article, how has nobody thought of this so far? Ryan Mandelbaum. Mandelbaum. (laughs) (laughs) You're a genius, sir. You're your editor for coining the term humanimals. Yes. 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 Humanimals. Can I say that? (laughs) He does not so far. (laughs) Oh, my God. Humanimals. Oh, I love that so much. Human mammals? <laughs> human mammals. Start to say human, then yep. change to animal. Hey, I'm not the one that's becoming increasingly idiotic. <laughs> Creating a- human animal hybrids. Yeah. Right, Mr. Human animals. Is it are that that's what the people on the musical cats are? <laughs> sort of. Yeah, yeah kind of. So uh. Uh, do they have a particular human mammal in, in, in mind? Well, they're talking about uh, Japan. For the first time, a government is supporting, well, the first time we know about, I mean, North Korea, China, please. For the first time, a government is supporting a plan to create uh, create animal embryos with human cells and bring them to term, resulting in a type of human animal known as a human-animal chimera. According to Nature, a committee from Japan's science ministry signed off on a request by researchers to grow human pancreases in either rats or mice. The first such experiment of gain, to gain approval since a government ban was reversed earlier this year. Now, those would be teeny little pancreases, wouldn't they? Are you going to gr- gr- grow a giant human-sized Hold pancreas? Hold me close, a tiny pancreas. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's either tiny oh. pancreases or giant rats, which yeah. I think we've already stumbled across one of the potential hurdles with this. I don't want no giant rats roaming around science labs. Right, right. Or inevitably escaping and rampaging through the streets of Tokyo. To seek revenge because they have human pancreas. Ruining their subway yet again. (laughs) (laughs) After all the damage done by Mothra, 
Godzilla. Gamera. You're Godzilla's. Gojira, as Gojira, yeah. we, the elite, prepare to, uh, uh, or prefer to pronounce <laughs> it. Um, I do always wonder that when I hear these stories. Do they not have tiny little versions of what we want? How does it work? I don't know that because I'm kind of ignorant on the topic mm. in spite of my interest. Uh, finally, we are in a position to start serious studies in this field after 10 years of preparation, said the lead researcher. Researchers have previously created human-animal embryos, such as sheep and pig embryos with human cells, but those pregnancies were terminated after a few days or weeks before the terrifying and troubling offspring were able to mature, if indeed they would. This is uh, <laughs> will have a horrifying end that nobody can even predict, right? Yes, but this experiment, to be clear, aims to bring chimera embryos to term, resulting in the birth of real, living, breathing humanimals. Human. There's no reason to think that China is, I mean, there's practically as big an economy as us. They got a lot of money. Uh, is there any reason to think they don't have scientists that are doing this all the time? Trying to create men with the strength of an orangutan or whatever? <laughs> For instance, although yes, the answer is yes. The jaw strength of a great white shark. Wow. What, what advantage would that be? They bite people. Yeah, yeah, try, right. to, try to put handcuffs in a guy who could just bite right through anything. Right. Uh, let's see so um some of the biggest ethical questions such as what happens if human cells get into a test animal's brain seem to be addressed by a good one yeah the the study's design yeah how how much of a human brain do you need to have or body before you're then you're killing humans or holding them as farm animals or whatever yeah yeah, I ought to write the script for a, uh, you know, would it be horror? Well, I did be sort of horror and more psychological thriller where they're breeding, you know, pigs with human organs. Some of the, right. the cells get into the brain and the thing uh, develops real human cognition and looks kind of human, kind of a pig. It'd probably be the CGI, Sean. Humanimal farm. I'm, I'm just I'm spitballing names right. for your book. I'm right. loving that. Uh, so it's got it just it's a pig that looks a little. Di- you remember that meme that went around? It the caption was, uh, "Would anybody like to adopt my dog? I can't stand the way he looks at me while I'm getting dressed." And it was a dog, but it'd been photoshopped to have human eyes, <laughs> I, and it was friggin' disturbing, man. That thing haunts my dreams. Oh, I haven't man. seen that. Oh, it's so good. But so anyway, <laughs> if you had a pig that looked a little bit like that and had the thing kind of in a grunty voice, what am I? Am I human? Who will love me? This pig's got rather philosophical in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, no Do kidding. I get to vote? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on! Freaky uh, stuff! Uh, it's like the fly, but with pigs. That'd what, be my elevator pitch. What is truth? Right. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not that. No, he's just worried about being a pig man, a human animal. Right. Pig right. man. Greater concerns. I <laughs> am delicious, is Why what he would say. Why am I so delicious? <laughs> he's chewing on it. Right. You, go to, you go to slaughter the pig, and the pig looks at you and says, Don't you love me? Oh, yes. That's the moment in the movie where everybody just. Oh. Or no, no. These are the first words the pig utters. Please don't kill me. And the audience just friggin' wets their pants. <laughs> Combination of horror, shock, compassion, sadness. Bacon. <laughs> the smell of bacon. 
I'm telling yeah, you, that'd that be would, great. That'd be a smash hit movie, Michael. You can scuff. They scoffed at the, 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 the other geniuses, too. All right. <laughs> yes, they did. God, and right at that moment in the theater, they could blow through the scent of bacon cooking. Oh, well, really? No. Multi-sensual yes. experience. Well, then nobody'd yes. have any sympathy for the pig. They'd be like... No, we're going to kill you. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Don't, don't have this movie come along at the same time as Smell-O-Vision. It's too much of a gimmick oh, added yeah. to mm. a breakthrough film. Yeah, right. I mean, a re- thank you, Jack. Thank you for your support. <laughs> it's not about bacon. It's about what it means to be human. Or mm. an animal. I don't know what it means to be an animal. Well, you know, so there's it, it doesn't say, please don't kill me. I, I, I kill it. I don't even think twice about it. It does say, please don't kill me, and all of a sudden I can't. Wait a minute. Right. Where's the line there? Right. Now I see what you're saying. I, the line's pretty clear, Jack, if the pig can talk to you. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Non-talking pigs, <laughs> yes. Talking pigs, no. It's not that hard, Jack. <laughs> I'm making notes, so I remember. Right. If indeed I'm... If you've been I, having a long conversation with your pig, you just can't say, well, anyway, that was interesting. I'm going to cut your head off There's now. my ex, honey! <laughs> You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. So uh, Marshall brought us a news story that we didn't have much time to talk about, but it was uh, it was something. So uh, fire away, Marshall. All right, here's what we got. A restaurant employee in Citrus Heights, California is in custody for breaking into people's cars during his work breaks. Again, I saluted his his work ethic. Yes. I mean, he's laboring away there in the restaurant. You know, he, he gets can... 10 minutes for himself. What does he do? He works some more. You know what he's not doing during his breaks? Sitting in the corner vaping. Right. He's out there making <laughs> like <a> more money. <laughs> That's right. Police are saying Antonio Gonzalez would go out into the parking lot during his lunch breaks and get busy and steal from the customers' cars. Wow. Workers in the area say the break-ins have been going on for months. Well, during one incident, police officers left bait out for him, which Gonzalez stole. Like salmon eggs? Like what sort of bait are we talking about? Well, we're talking big juicy earthworm. We're talking like laptops. <laughs> Night crawlers. Yeah, laptops, things like that. Things of uh, value. Yes. Smartphones oh. sitting on the uh, uh, yes. on the uh, <laughs> an envelope with a with a hundred dollar bill peeking out of it. <laughs> The Citrus Heights Police a Department bag marked drugs, <laughs> <laughs> or or a bag with a big dollar sign. Yeah, exactly. That's even better. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's cit- one of my favorite emojis. I know Jack is anti emoji because yeah. I'm well, a grown up. Yeah, right. Okay. The, humorless grown up. But the bags of money emoji is a good one. It's yeah. such a classic. <laughs> yes. It's like you know, it, it's right up there with the big black bomb with the wick coming right. out of it, which of right. course they don't have an emoji for because that would imply violence. Um, but yeah, it's just as an image, it's such a right. classic. Yeah, it, it really evokes like old spy versus spy cartoon esque right. stuff. Right. Sure, yeah. Wiley Coyote. Yes. Anyway, the Citrus Heights Police Department say their bait program has been running for the last three years and has been responsible for over 250 felony arrests. Wow. So Citrus Heights, yes, like Daly City, California, yes. right literally across a street from San Francisco, right. they bust people and they stick them in jail for stealing. Yeah. As opposed to San Francisco, which 
doesn't even chase you. They don't care. If they accidentally catch you, like you trip and fall into a police car and the cuffs accidentally slap around your wrists and you're convicted, they'll give you a free pass anyway. So they've legalized legalized crime. The cuffs accidentally slip around your wrists. Right. Ow, ow, (laughs) click, click, zip. Ow, look at me now. So do we have any problems? With uh, with them putting bait in the car to 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 lure somebody who walks by, think, oh wow, look at that, a three thousand dollar laptop. It's like a weird entrapment right. question. I'm well, just wondering, ahead, legally well, speaking, just, if there's anything I, there I Be- before just... he before he straightens it out. I'm, oh. I'm just I don't have a problem with that. I don't think I can be argued out of that position. Perhaps. No, but um, <clears throat> I don't like the idea of you sending me a, a, a cop, a young hottie at me who, who turns out to be you know a fake prostitute or whatever. And getting me further down the road and luring me that way. I don't like that. Okay. Like if she came on to me and really, you know, seemed like, and then eventually. Oh, no way. No, I'm not cool with that. No. On the other hand. But I would, there's nothing you could put in a car that I would break a window and take. Exactly. Laptops don't come on to you and, and. Right. You know, arouse your most basic instincts. You see how many USB ports that thing had? I want to type on it so bad. <laughs> no, in this case, we are not talking about human bait. We're talking about inanimate objects like right. a laptop, like the smartphone, like the bag of money with the dollar sign on it. But what's happened now, the program has been extremely successful. Again, it's been running for three years. Now there are people coming forward to say they are against the program because, as Sean was saying, it's a form of entrapment. Nah. Those people who've come forward should go backward <laughs> and say nothing because they're jackasses. Yeah, I'm not smart enough to think this through uh, as I sit here, but there might be arguments for why that's not a good idea, but I can't come up with them. Well, you know what I find interesting in this case? We're, we're talking, I, definitely, I, d- I definitely don't like playing upon people's natural urges and leading them down a path. And then, you know. Uh, then, ha ha! Yeah, exactly. Listen. But it's not a natural urge to steal stuff. This is the sort of Socratic questioning that leads to learning. And I appreciate you asking. Because it's a good point. Because I don't like entrapment either. Here's, here's my answer to that. <clears throat> there is rampant property crime. It's a terrible mm-hmm. problem, and we're letting thieves get over and hurt people, hurt them financially, hurt their sense of security, take from the hardworking and, and give to the criminal, and it disgusts me. There's billions of trillions of dollars of private property everywhere. This happens to be private property that the coppers monitor because they know there's so many thieves out there. They can't watch all private property at the same time. So they watch this specific private property. Mm-hmm. And if any thieves appear, right. well, the cops happen to be there. I think it's brilliant. I think it's great. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of examples. You got any good example? Well, not necessarily an Try example. Try to argue me out of my point. Go ahead. But I think the reason bring why I... Good, bring your arguments. I, I, Let's I, hear them. I agree with you. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Well, um, we're we're going to the reason why the the car thing I'm okay with and the prostitution one I'm not is I feel like because one I feel is a justifiable crime and the other one is a quote unquote victimless crime whether or not you believe that or the you know take right. two consenting adults yeah, there's coming that. together and saying no I will pay you for sex I think should be legal yeah so to to use that false crime as a justification to in, uh, entrap or imprison or, fi- or, you know, to, to arrest somebody. Right. I find much more offensive than somebody putting forth things in, in enforcing laws that I think need to and should be on the books. You know, mm. that's answering a different question. Yes. I appreciate you bringing it up. 
Um, Because I happen to agree with you mostly on the question of prostitution. But there's no affirmative action in the presence of something somebody might like to steal. That's not taking an affirmative action like you were talking about. A woman saying, um, uh, hey, do you have the time? And um, do I know you from somewhere? And obviously doing the things human beings do to connect and to communicate to each other. I might have an interest in you, perhaps sexual. I mean, that's that's just. Uh, uh, all right. Here's here's a good one. Here's a here's a tougher one for you. What if you're standing there in a parking lot? Maybe you're, you got there a little early, your ride's coming in 10 minutes, you're just standing there. And an undercover cop comes up to you and says, Hey dude, there's uh, two laptops in that car. Why don't we both, why don't we uh, bust in and steal them and I'll take one, you can take the other. Number one, that'd be an odd thing for a thief to say. I'd call the police. I'd figure out a way to call the police without arousing his suspicion. See, that might that would bother me entrapment wise. If you're standing there minding your own business with no apparent intention to commit a crime which is kind of your prostitution thing um and the cop introduces the impulse to commit a crime possibly even coerces you to do so coerces is that the word that's an entirely different scenario steal that laptop or i'll shoot you right oh no i was uh yeah i was misusing the word induces yes maybe that seduces that's another one produces maybe the prostitution one is just such deuces are wild (laughs) it's such its own category Yeah. Just because right. there is a human male particularly urge. There's no urge to steal. Well, <laughs> I don't have an urge to steal. I have a great sexual urge, and now you're like trying to engage it. What right. about instead That's of a, prostitution, it's just, uh, a cop comes up and says, hey, you want to buy some drugs? Is that different? Interesting. Hmm. Undercover cop, clearly, in this yeah. scenario. But. Yeah. I don't think they do that. They don't do that to bust buyers. Interesting. Because it would be entrapment? Well, no, because that's... I don't, I'm thinking... I'll have to ask some of my guys who, are, right. who work narco, but um, no, you want to go after sellers and, and distributors Just and stuff. Fish. Right. A guy who wants to buy a joint, you don't arrest for wanting right. to buy a joint. Right. You know, generally speaking. That's why they pose as, as buyers. They don't pose as sellers. Gotcha, gotcha. Generally speaking, unless it's, you know, a more complicated operation. For some reason, I can work this through in my head thinking if, like, my 18-year-old son, I have a 9-year-old son, but if he was 18 years old and he did any of these, if he got lured by a, uh, a phony prostitute who came on to him and then turned out to be a prostitute, I think, okay. A c- turned out to be a cop? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I find out he broke into a car, oh. that, that zero tolerance for that. I don't care that you you pay no, the price. No, Dad, the cops put no, the laptop I don't care. in there. You broke yeah. into somebody's car. You need to spend as much time in jail as that uh, crime. I'm going to go to the judge and tell him to heap a little more time. Yeah, on exactly. You. <laughs> You've brought shame to family. Right. Yeah. So that yeah, completely different thing. What, yeah. what if yes, a woman came on to you in a bar, and she was actually a prostitute. But then offered to sell you drugs, and she was an undercover narc. <laughs> she goes to the bathroom. Yes. You go out and break into her car. <laughs> right. You steal her laptop. You find out she's a cop, but not a prostitution cop, a drug cop. Uh, you then go ahead and have sex with her, then tell her you changed your mind about buying the drugs. I don't know. He's Is it entrapment? She Jeez. mentions, I really like illegal dog fighting. Do you? <laughs> 
You say yes, right? This is a wide net sting operation. <laughs> yeah, going like for. He's it's like positive Sean with, with apple picking. <laughs> yeah. You say, oh, yeah, I love dog fighting. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. You uh-huh. Pet the way those dogs then... bite each other. And he, oh, it's great. These waters are getting very muddy. <laughs> oh. Civil liberties we're talking about, Marshall. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Positive, Sean. Why did you? Why, how do you have this tape? Why is it from the Tarantino movie? Oh, the uh, yes, yes, the, the promos, the, the radio promos you were playing to us off yeah. the air and all. Yeah, so Tarantino, the the movie is very much a love letter to kind of old, vintage old Hollywood L.A. and they they really do a lot of driving around from various places to places as you would living in L.A. It's a very uh-huh. sprawling city, and so during those car scenes, there's there's much attention to while it's not focused on the radio is constantly playing in the background. That's where a cool. lot of these great songs come from. Okay, and mixed in with those, uh, mixed in with the songs are real airdrops from radio station KHJ back in the day. <laughs> This is Batman. And Robin. With exclusive news for KHJ listeners. It's the Batphone Secret Number Contest presented by Boss Radio. There's a terrific prize for the first KHJ listener to guess the secret number of our Batphone. There are seven digits in the Batphone Secret Number. Listen to what you'll win if yours is the first correct answer received by KHJ. You'll visit Batman and me at 20th Century Fox and be our guest for lunch at the studio. Then you'll ride to the Batcave in the Batmobile, Bat- where Robin and I will present you with a 1966 console color television set. Ooh. Keep it on KHJ for more clues in the Batphone Secret Number Contest. Wow, the big Jeez. console TV. Yeah. Might have been into that. So is that a big deal, KHJ? In oh, the- God, yes. Boss Radio? Are you kidding me? It was number one for years until... The mighty K-L-O-S-F-M knocked it out of the top spot in the early 70s. And that station just got sold the other day. because yeah. radio Did they was... go Spanish or something? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Weren't, weren't you uh, on that station at the time, Marshall? I'm going to credit you entirely with knocking off the, the giant KHJ I, as the I AM I was rock. part of the crew with J.J. Jackson and Jim Ladd and all the rest when uh, they we overpowered KHJ. And they were an AM signal, yes. right? Yeah. So yeah. The, you, that no, was... They, they were the, they were the, 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 the uh, top of the uh, top 40 stations You're to blame for trying to kill AM radio 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite 50. So was AM radio yeah. originally the dominant form, then FM came oh, yeah. along? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. very much so. Yeah. Yep. I grew up with AM only. I didn't live anywhere where there was an FM station until I was <laughs> almost 20 years old. And soon wow. AM will be dominant again. <laughs> it will come back. <laughs> yeah, I, keep, I keep hoping that it's going to catch on the nostalgia thing. Right, like vinyl. For hipsters like vinyl right. did. Bell and, bottoms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever, yeah. yeah. Uh, so where was that? I really liked that other one with that uh, DJ who who Marshall knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Humble uh, Hank. Uh, right what was his name? Humble Hav. On the Humble Hav show. Humble Hav. You want him doing the, the root beer float live read? Yeah, that was good. Okay. <laughs> Have a dream of a huge, luscious, creamy root beer float? Well, if you haven't tried one with Mug Root Beer, start drooling now. Mug, old-fashioned root beer in the new Twist Top bottle. H.J. Boss Hitbound. Now for all the jitterbugs from Pico Rivera, baby, and we'll cut one loose for them. Hey! Yeah! So, Is it, uh, what's Mama going looking on? for you? I love this part where, uh, I don't know if this was uh, their version of the text line back in the day, but... Hector, your mama looking for you. Hector, your mama's looking for you. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah, that that's was fabulous, man. I'm just such a sucker for those old time these things. H-J. The old timey jingles, jingles and yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. sure. Love that stuff. Sure. Yeah. 
And you know, you were talking about talking it up to the post. Mm-hmm. Try talking it up to the post on the Vanilla Fudge song you were playing earlier. Uh, as I <laughs> as I just learned that song existed yesterday when yeah. I saw the movie, I've been listening to various versions. And right. then there are some psychedelic long lead-ins oh, on that one. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> so Vanilla oh, yeah. Fudge is an excellent fudge. I, I myself am a, a peanut butter fudge man. So, uh, Hanson, vanilla fudge. Hanson came up with a picture of Humble Harv. Yeah, Humble Harv show. So, would that been, would he have made a lot of money? Oh, yeah. yeah. Back then, yes. Their morning drive guy was named Charlie Tuna. Yep, Charlie <laughs> Tuna. The legendary Charlie Tuna. Yep. Robert oh, yeah. W. Morgan was on the station. <clears throat> Bill Wade. Uh, the real Don Steele. Yeah, the real Don. Yeah, the real Don Steele. Right there. Yeah, he was Henry great. Youngman, uh, Fatty Arbuckle. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, Marshall, did you go by just Marshall Phillips? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's my name. That's what I've always used. You weren't marvelous, Marshall Phillips. That's my name. <laughs> you know, I worked at a station where they did want me to change my name. They wanted me to call myself the Coyote or something. You know, the just, Coyote. Yeah. The Coyote. Yes. I was the Coyote. <laughs> Pronounced coyote. Yeah, I was on. From, I was on from so six wait a to second, nine. Wait a second. Wait a second. Every yeah, weeknight, yeah. Was, was, I'm the coyote. Oh. Was this yeah. was this counter programming hits Wolfman Jack? Exactly. <laughs> no. The only way we can take on that canine is with our own canine. You're going to be the coyote. Nah. That, but you see, that is because I've been in radio yeah. my whole adult life. Yeah. That is exactly <laughs> the sort of stupid thing yeah. a radio executive would think yeah. of. Right. The only way to eat into Wolfman Jack's ratings is with someone named the hyena or the coyote or something. <laughs> Because people clearly really like fang-toothed wild dog beasts. Right. We've got trouble, Jim. KHJ's just introduced the dingo during midday. We already got, he's good. We already got the jackal on PM Drive, so. Yeah, I was on the from, coyote. I was on from 6 And to, you said no to that, Marshall. I was on from 6 to 9 p.m. and on a top 40 station in Tucson, Arizona, KDKT. And uh, it was one of those stations that everything echoed. They had, like, the Spanish radio Echo the reverb. Yes, on yeah, everything. huge reverb. Yeah, wow. yeah. And uh, I just said, no, I'm not going to do that. They went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that's funny. My first boss, uh, the first station, he was into that kind of radio because he was from that generation. Right, right. And so everybody on our station, who were we were all like 21 years old, so we didn't even know what he was talking about. But everybody was machine gun this or or right. you know that sort the of thing. Ring yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, you're Big Mac. You're uh, let's see, Jimmy the Kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he told me my first day, you're Jackson Armstrong now. You're gonna be Jackson Armstrong. And I thought, ah, I don't know if that's me. And, Sounds uh, a little odd. And I think I said it one time, and then I just went back to Jack. Yeah. I, just, I, just thought, Jackson, I, just, I just can't be saying, calling myself Jackson. It just yeah. doesn't fit my persona. But we had other guys that were machine gun something. Or... <laughs> Body slamming Bobby Kelly. <laughs> the yeah. judge. One guy was the judge. Oh, you just, get a gavel oh, sound yeah, for yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, you know, I should yes. be amused by this discussion, but it's just depressing me. Yes. I don't know why. Court's in session with the judge, and he yeah. start playing his music. And hit the gavel, right? Exactly. Oh, right, right. <laughs> There was, a, there, there was a doc, and my prescription is more music right when we come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stuff. I know what'll cure your Monday blues. This hit from Diana Ross. I'm, yeah, all right. The insurance man, Sean Thomas. I got your deductible of hits coming up next. That's <laughs> yeah, terrible. I love it. Absolutely oh, terrible. Bring the dingo in here and attack you. The coyote. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, boy. Yeah, back in the day. Do we have... Uh, we ought to have... Uh, effects we can throw on the mics we don't <clears throat> i wouldn't even know how to set it up now everything's digital i, I wouldn't know it's how to probably never it. been cheaper 
there, oh, right. you, I, I, to have there's, that. Yeah. there's streamers and stuff that you they they have just software that can do that for you now. Sure. I, I'll look into that. I'll see if we can because that'd be fun. What do we want? More echo? If I could get a really deep, uh, big voice, that'd be kind of fun. Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi, Pelosi. <laughs> Yeah, see, you can imitate echo, yeah. but you can't imitate reverb. Right. Um, but that would be fun. Sound like old boss jocks. That'd be fun for about should we two get a, minutes. Should we get a jingle? I'm still depressed. Oh, get a jingle. Yeah. You don't have a jingle? Oh, we're talking about somebody. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of oh, thing. I'll go home and record one over the weekend. <laughs> there you go. No, I won't. All right. There's some jingle company somewhere that would just oh, love, love 10 bucks from us to make a jingle. Somebody Honey, what? <laughs> if it's only ten bucks to get a positive Sean jingle, I'm going to have a thousand jingles We're by Monday. We're back in business. I think it's catching on again. Somebody wants a jingle. Well, air them elsewhere, boy. They're not on our air. <laughs> Put them on your podcast or your vlog. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.